Hello everyone, welcome to this special occasion and I am so excited and proud to launch with this special guest the season two of the I Am Enough podcast. And you've seen we have a slight beautiful new rebranding and I'm just excited to introduce you to Stephanie Dixon. Stephanie Dixon is such a fantastic woman and role model and leader. She's the founder of Green is the New Black and she's the leading voice of sustainability in Asia, but I feel also worldwide. And not only is she a heart-centered person, I really, really love that in the beginning, before we started the show, I asked the guests, what is it that you do not want to talk about? Is there anything where you want to keep a healthy boundary? And she just tuned in and said, you know what, I'm open to talk about anything. And this is what this episode is about. We opened up about how sustainability is happening on individual but collective levels. She shared about her personal and entrepreneurial journey, how we can build emotional resilience, about anxiety, how it is important to accept oneself. So everything is here in this episode. And once again, I am so delighted and grateful to have her on the show and to share this with you. So enjoy Stephanie Dixon with Leading the Journey of Sustainability. Welcome to the I Am Enough podcast. I'm your host, Alisa Erasina, and I invite you on a journey of remembering who we really are. Human, perfectly imperfect, powerful, and always interconnected. One Earth, one humanity, and one love. You are enough. Always were and always will be. So shall we play? One, and we are here. Welcome everyone to another juicy episode of I Am Enough. And as always, I always feel like it's a similar introduction because I'm always excited to have my guests on the show. I have another kick-ass power woman. Uh, and we just chatted in the beginning how, how random and yet not random synchronicities related we meet so i met um, a friend of us uh, uh, kevin in a couple of i don't know when it was already a long time ago but in Chiang Mai, and i remember we we're talking about female empowerment and what we do and he just randomly said that he knows the co-founder paula who is uh, stephanie's co-founder from green is the new black and that might one day they we can be connected and when I started this podcast, I felt like kind of a message in the hearts to connect and wrote like, hey, let's shut up and that resonates. Let's see, you can come on the show. So that's who you are. This is how, how you're here. And I love this life for this beautiful small moment. And I share, uh, shared with, with um, Stephanie before, but sharing with you as well. The first time I saw actually Green is the New Black was in an airplane on my travel to Southeast Asia. So that was the first time some curiosity opened up to learn about this more. And then I got to know the Consciousness Festival and the beauty uh, of, of uh, this whole movement and beautiful message here. But enough of me, enough of that. We're diving into that um, all together just in a moment. And here I would love to open the floor to introduce yourself and um, related to the question that I ask everyone here in the show, which I love, uh, is what is your bullshit story of not being enough that you told yourself or even maybe tell yourself right now? Welcome to the show. Really happy to have you here. 
Thank you so much for such a, a warm introduction um, and lovely little pre-intention setting. I really, yeah, it's a very magical way to start a conversation <laughs> with someone that you're only meeting digitally. So I really enjoyed that. So yeah, as, um, as you shared, I'm Stephanie. I'm currently in Singapore, founder of Green is New Black. And that question, yeah, that really um, made me think a lot actually when I read it because I think the story I guess that comes up the most is that I'm not good enough to have my own company and to be running a business and there's a lot of imposter syndrome I think around uh yeah just around having you know doing what we're doing and and you know having this movement and especially in the beginning of my journey but it still creeps up and there's still moments where I kind of fall back into that those uh, old patterns and old beliefs and thinking uh, and then I have to sort of, you know, refine my confidence again <laughs> and remember that I am enough and, and what we're doing is important work. And, and yeah, but it, it's an interesting cyclical, uh, I think, uh, you know, journey of emotions. Mm. I love what you just said, especially in the beginning. And thank you so much for being so vulnerable and open already from the beginning. I really love that. Um, the cyclical motion somehow. And it's funny. Um, that you say regarding confidence because i feel sometimes at least in my imagination it was you're arriving at this place where you're always the whole time high vibe and confident and kick ass and sometimes you're projecting this on the outside but there are moments even though on the baseline you are full in your power where you doubt a bit you like it's just a different color of emotion so it's interesting that you say that uh, this pops up and this is basically um normal um how how did you take the leap of faith or this this uh, courage to build your beautiful dream uh, into this reality how did that start yeah um i actually used to work in fashion i used to run fashion festivals around asia and that was really what i thought was my dream job for a very very long time and uh, i loved it it was really fun i got to do crazy things like go to paris for a day from Singapore to like drop off an haute couture dress that needs to be hand carried and like all these wild things. But then I started um, feeling really disconnected with my work and kind of on autopilot, working too hard, too many long hours. And I started uh, researching and reading and actually realized that fashion was one of the most polluting industries in the world and really socially corrupt. And I think I was like 25 at the time and I couldn't believe this. And obviously then I went down the rabbit hole and did more and more research, watched the documentary, The True Cost and realized, wow, actually I've been working in this industry and I've been dreaming of working in this industry for as long as I can remember. And yet it's horrible behind this glossy curtain, uh, you know, the fashion industry displays. And I felt really blindsided and naive and yeah, just then even more disconnected from the work I was doing. So I decided to quit with no idea what I was really going to do. Tried to find a community uh, in Singapore where I could sort of raise my hand and say, look, I'm new to sustainability. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I know I want to be part of the solution and not part of the problem anymore. Uh, but at the time, I was, I was faced with a lot of the stereotypes. It was, you know, they were too businessy, too preachy, too hippie. And uh, I just didn't resonate. And I was like, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. And so I just started doing my own events because that was my training. And uh, slowly but surely, one event led to another. And then we started, I decided, okay, let's do a bigger festival. Um, Cause that was also my training, these large scale fashion festivals. Let's do a bigger one. Let's do it with only conscious brands. Let's have a panel discussion about green becoming the new black. And uh, let's just do it and see if people show up. And the first event, like 600 people came. 
And I was like, wow, okay. And I planned it in like six weeks. It was just like crazy pressure. Um, but that's what I do to myself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so after, after that, I was like, okay, I think there's something here. And um, then just been on a journey of sustainability ever since really. And now five years later or five and a half years later now, um, our events bring four to 5,000 people. We have them in Singapore and Hong Kong. We were supposed to expand to London in June, but obviously that didn't happen due to the pandemic. So now we're doing virtual conscious festivals and the company's massively grown since then. We have a media platform and we do a lot of consulting work and yeah, just really on, on a mission to bring sustainability to more people, um, but making it accessible, mainstream and sexy. Uh, oh, thank you so much for sharing all that. There were so many beautiful moments that I, 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 um, I love and really resonate and connect to. And uh, one thing that I would like to dive into that because I found it super interesting that when you went on down this rabbit hole of uh, looking behind the curtain of the fashion industry and you had this wake up call, which created also this kind of um, negativity around it or hopelessness because you were part kind of co-creating that. I feel, at least from my personal experience and also talking about this, that's often kind of the case when we figure out that our consumer choices or the choices that we have in every day are not so aligned to what we intentionally actually want to create more, you know, freedom, love, and just being um, connected with, with the planet. And then we discover, oh shit, maybe the shampoo or whatever I'm, I'm using, it's actually harming the environment. How, what, tip can you give somebody who is um, also maybe back then new at this journey or relatively new and um, this kind of also emotion of confusion, not knowing where to start, how to do it, but also dealing with your negativity. What can you give as a tip or hint? It's such a great question. And it's honestly something that I still even battle with because there's always something more you didn't know <laughs> about another industry. And it's constantly, you know, just like Pandora's box. It just doesn't end. But I think I've been there many a time. Um, and I think, you know, that feeling of overwhelm, sometimes even eco-anxiety for those that are really suffering, um, it can be quite paralyzing. And a lot of the time I see that people kind of go in one of two directions. Either they kind of get paralyzed and they don't know what to do. Um, and then they can either, you know, become like very, very obsessed very quickly, or they actually go backwards. And like, you know what? <laughs> too hardball. I'm just going to ignore uh -huh. everything and I'm going to kind of keep going on with what I want because it's just too hard. I like my modern life. I like my convenience. And they kind of, you know, trick themselves into believing that actually they're just going to keep going because it's not really their problem. So it's really interesting, you know, how people go. But I think what is um, what I always like to share and to remind people and also to remind myself is sustainability is a journey and we do not have to be perfect. You can't just expect to wake up one day and all of a sudden change and flip your entire life. Sure, some people, small percent of the world is able to do that, but every, not everyone can actually do that, especially if you've got a busy job or career or life and family and everything. It can be challenging. So for me, it's all about breaking it down and just taking little green steps, which is actually our tagline at Green is New Black. So breaking that down into small little steps, just take one step, pick one thing that you're most passionate about first. Mine was fashion. Uh, and then go from there. And then when you, you know, get a little bit more comfortable in that space, then you can open up and look at more and more and more. And just remembering that it is a journey and it's okay to make mistakes because that's how we learn. 
Mm, thank you so much. I like I, it really touches my my um, my entire being because I think it's really really an interesting and beautiful perspective that it's a journey. There is no expectations to be perfect or uh, to make it either or decision, but just making as you beautifully put it the small green steps forward. Uh, and we're all doing that. And it's also at least from my point of view, the audience can decide for him or herself. But uh, it's also such a relief to see uh, somebody who is so much immersed in this topic and so passionate about it to say, okay, but I'm also doing small steps at a time or I'm also going forward. It's like, okay, so we all, we're all on this together, walking the same path and direction and it's different rhythms. Um, exactly. And that's the most beautiful way to say it, you know, that we're, it's, it's something we're doing together as a collective and that's where we can have the most impact. Uh, and even now, like, as I said, I'm still learning stuff. So right now I'm trying to figure out what to do with my money because actually the banks that we invest our money in use that money to invest in things like fossil fuels. And so you need to question that. And I had no idea until a couple of months ago, I didn't even think about it, you know? So even now, even though I'm so deep in the space, I'm always learning stuff and always stretching myself and, and trying to be on a, a better journey as well. Mm. Uh, let me dive into what you said right now. It's super interesting. Like um, for me, at least for my understanding of my feeling is that um, this is a as the world is, and this is our time, it's a very complex issue. It's intertwined into our financial system, into our uh, production, uh, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and lifestyle and daily choices. So how do you approach this? Is it something you just simply stumble upon and like the, the, the banking sector and you feel, okay, this is the new, the new open universe I'm looking into, or is there any way of how we can reduce this complexity and make it, okay, this is a chart. Like I always dream to have like a small chart, which gives me, okay, this isn't here and here and here, and I can follow this chart and it's all clear. So I have less brain capacity for, for, for this month. But how do you approach that? <laughs> yeah, I, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I guess over the years, I've just been on my own journey and I kind of take green as a new black along that journey with me. So everything we're kind of talking about and sharing, uh, it's also because we want to deep dive more into those issues. And so I am lucky enough that I have a platform and an amazing team and we're all learning and, and journeying together. Um, but I think, yeah, it's also just what you listen to, I think, and also what other people are discovering at the same time. So we're obviously pretty tapped into different groups and networks and, and those kind of things. So I guess in the beginning, we were very you know, basic. In our first event, we even had single-use plastic because we didn't know any better really back then. I mean, this was in like 2015, um, which is so bad now that I look back on it. But again, it's, it's a journey. And now our events are like 98% zero waste and carbon neutral and all the things. Um, but I think, you know, once you get, it's like anything in life, as you learn, you keep learning more and you get more curious and you just keep deep diving and then you start asking more questions and you just see things in a different way. And I think for me, at least anyway, I'll only speak from my personal experience. That's kind of, I've just kind of navigated through that. And I guess as I've learned and, and expanded, I read more complicated things that I can, cause I can actually understand them now. And I'm curious to understand those more. And I think where it's a fortunate time because now a lot more of the larger publications are taking this issue a lot more seriously. I mean, you look at Bloomberg, they've just launched their whole green section, um, which they never had before. So they have a whole new section of their, of their uh, publication solely dedicated to sustainability. This was only launched this year. So now the information and credible information is a lot easier to find. Uh, and these topics are a lot more widely discussed and circulating around. You just kind of got to start to pay attention. Mm, beautiful. Um, I love that you point out that um, 
like this this how or at least what i see like how small action you i imagine you like a couple of years ago being the one who's going on this journey taking your small backpack and uh, just figuring out and then going a couple of years forward saying okay this can actually impact large organizations this can actually impact industries this can actually impact uh uh, not only at an individual level, but on a more uh, broader collective level. Um, and that's a very interesting question, like how do we change society? How do we change realities? What's the responsibility between the individual and collective? So what's your um, advice or stake on that? Like how, wh where's the ratio? What's the movement here? Yeah, it, it's, it's a big one. And I think this is where a lot of people cop out because they think that, oh, like as an individual, my actions really don't matter. And I think especially like I still have people in my life that have that mentality, even though they know what I do and, you know, they follow us and, and everything like that. But it, it really is a collective movement and impact. I mean, you have to also remember that the big, the bad boys of the world, you know, the, the fossil fuel companies and, uh, you know, these kind of massive, massive organizations are all still made up of individual people. And I think we kind of forget that a lot of the time, but they are all still just individuals going to their jobs, doing what they're doing. Um, and we can collectively change a lot of that stuff. You know, they're the ones that are going to be pushing their managers to be like, Hey, I want to do this better. I want to be more sustainable and hopefully, you know, being able to be supported to, to help to shift things, but it is a collective shift. You know, these things aren't going to change overnight. These systems are massively entrenched and governments need to work with industry and individuals and, you know, nonprofits. We all need to work together. And I think if you just think about you as an individual, your collective sorry, your um, sphere of influence is important. It does matter. Even if it's just who you live with, who you work with, who follows you on Instagram or social media or who you converse with, like it all still is people that you can influence and you can help along the journey. And collectively and on a subconscious and, and deeper level, all these actions are, are moving and shifting energies as well. So mm. yeah, I think it's all important and it's a cop out to say your actions don't matter. Uh, very, very uh, precisely and beautifully put. And I love that you um, point out, this is what where I resonate with a lot if it comes to leadership, that um, we often associated with a corporate position or a specific industry or a specific title. But actually, as, as you beautifully also put it, uh, we are influencing everyone around us and everything around us it might be just your community might be your family might be your colleagues but you are a leader first of all for your entire body mind organ system all this is already kind of a beautiful intersection of complexity and we're leading all around us and if everyone would just see this possibility then suddenly the wheel will start uh, changing and that's cool um, I would go into leadership right away because you are leading voice in Asia uh, if it comes to sustainability. So what is, what is leadership for you and how do you live leadership? Oh, tough questions. <laughs> I love it every time you're saying, I love this question or tough question. So it feels good. <laughs> it's good. Um, what is leadership to me? I think leadership to me is really just uh, leading through example. I mean, that's like the most simple definition and, and how I truly try to live my life, but also to, to work with my team. Because I think, you know, that's the, the strongest way that you can do anything is by actually showing that you'll do it yourself and that you're leading that life and, and leading that way. And I think that is more when you can inspire and influence people both just around you, um, but also, you know, 
you build trust in a different kind of way by actually doing what you say um, and by empowering people in that way. And I think when I work with my team, our team's amazing. I love them all. Um, and I guess when I'm trying to, to work with them, it's really like it's taking a step back and trying very hard to understand what actually makes them tick what gets them excited. And if they're, if I feel like there's a slump or a lack of motivation, it's trying to like tap back into that and being like, okay, how can I get them excited again about their job and re constantly reworking the role and, and the job scope and, and all these different types of things so that that passion stays alive. And I think, you know, that's, I think people like to be challenged um, and they like to feel like they're growing. And so when things get too stale, we've got to shake it up. I think that's like right now we're like doing a lot of shaking up and reimagining of the direction of all the different assets that we have and all the different things and questioning everything. And I think it can be a very fun exercise to do that. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of where we're at at the moment. So I guess that's why it's coming to the forefront of my mind. Beautiful. I love that. So happy shaking up in your process. Very also curious to see what's uh, more will evolve and develop. And by the way, a small note for the audience. So if you want to check out uh, what magic they're planning in future, but also right now you can look at the links and you will find everything there about this beautiful woman and everything there about this uh, green is the new black movement, which is super important for all of us. Um, Stephanie, what is how I, I love that you mentioned uh, um, this looking into the struggle or looking into these contractions uh, in order for our passion not to die. How is it for you? How has it been on your personal journey? How do you keep your fire of passion alive? Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a roller coaster ride. I'm a very roller coaster person in general. So I'm either really, really up or really down. And I'm, I'm like this. It's just kind of how I'm wired. Uh, I've, over the years, I've sort of just had, had to learn to accept that about myself, um, but also to know when I'm in, you know, the better states of mind to then do the work that's really important then that I can actually focus on and to do the harder confrontational work as well on reflecting on myself. And then when I'm in the lows, just learning that that's okay and I can just be kinder to myself now instead of beating myself up or feeling guilty or trying to drag myself to do things when I'm really just not in the right state of mind to do it. So I think for me, it's been as much building the company and learning all the things about entrepreneurship. It's also been a journey of like really, uh, I guess, unpacking and unlearning and relearning just patterns and, and dealing with you know, just like these pressure cooker situations that I put myself into. Um, and I think, so yeah, as much of it, it, it's been about entrepreneurship, it's also been about personal development for me. Um, and just, yeah, just learning to become a better person. And I think this year in particular, I got really lost for a while. I got super lost, uh, overwhelmed, like obviously the weight of the pandemic and the heaviness of, you know, my family lives in a different country. They're in Australia. I'm in Asia, not being able to see them, just little things like that. I mean, luckily everyone's safe and I'm very grateful for that, but there's still this like emotional toll that I think everyone's kind of experienced on some level or another this year. And so dealing with that and then just feeling lost about my work and, and losing my motivation for a while was a really, really challenging. Um, and I just felt like all the foundation was slipping away and I was kind of just like, you know, trying to balance on like a piece of ice in like water floating, like, yeah, just, uh, it was a lot. Um, but I think I kind of had to crash and things had to break. Um, and now I'm sort of rebuilding again. And I feel in such a stronger place for just 
allowing myself to confront all of the pain and you know, the anxiety and, and everything else, but also to start to let it go and to realize it's just not worth it. It's not worth the pain and just wanting to find so much more joy in my life. And especially, you know, going through the pandemic, I think just realizing that, yeah, I mean, life is, is very peculiar and bizarre and we just need to find little moments of joy to keep us going. And so now that's kind of my mantra at the moment. It's like questioning, okay, not really enjoying this task right now. How can I make it more joyful? How can I find the excitement again? And just even just doing that process for like the last, I don't know, two, three weeks, like completely shifted my whole attitude to everything um, and got me out of like slumps. And yeah, I just feel like it's a, it's just a different mindset. Um, and I read this amazing book this year called Everything is Figureoutable by Marie Forleo. Oh, and yeah. So good. Have you read it? I haven't read it, but I uh, seen a couple of times where she was uh, about to publish it and it's on my list and I genuinely love her. Like, I think she's a brilliant woman, a lot of energy and vibe and yes. Yeah, no, I love her and the book's fantastic. And it's just, again, a reminder that no matter what happens, there's a solution and it's okay. So being very much trying to drill that into my psyche, <laughs> but sometimes these things take time because, you know, the patterns and the thought processes are so ingrained in our brains that it's hard to break free of them. Mm. Um, again, I'm, I, I always catch myself saying thank you and appreciating that, but I think this is how I'm going, going today or in general. Uh, but I really deeply appreciate, um, especially um, people who are, let's see, from a public eye of view are opening, like are kind of um, successful or whatever the label of success is. And then speaking so openly and vulnerably about yeah, not all is rosy, posy, not always easy. Like it's a path. And uh, I love what you said that kind of the entrepreneurship intertwines with your personal path. It's not kind of a separate thing. It's somehow who you also are and it shapes you. And um, I was wondering when you were speaking, because for me, it's, it's also very similar. Like uh, everything what I'm doing is just, um, I resonate with that thought. I'm evolving. So my, my work evolves with me. And it happens naturally rather than me sitting down and thinking that makes the most sense. No, it's just happening and I'm sharing, sharing on the way. And this aspect of resilience, I'm also going up and down and then it happens and I connect to that so much, especially learning how to use the momentum of joy to move things forward. And then when it's not this case, just relaxing taking care of us and <laughs> relaxing exactly instead of pushing further do you think like maybe, maybe difficult to answer but this resilience let's put it like this way was it part of you already before you encountered this this journey this adversity journey or was it co-created in the process or how how did it emerge when do you feel this disability came I think I've always been very ambitious <laughs> um, and like always wanted to do what I wanted to do. Um, I've just, you know, I was like the first, I'm the eldest child. I'm like a dragon, you know, in the Zodiac. I'm a Leo, uh, like all these different things, very fiery, very passionate, very just, you know, gung-ho, A-type sort of personality. So I think I always kind of had that wiring of, yeah, uh, 
of just wanting to go and, and kind of not taking no for an answer. But then in the flip side, it also made me very anxious, anal and uh, very like putting a lot of pressure on myself. And so I guess during this journey in particular with entrepreneurship, I think you're absolutely right. The resilience is just a whole nother level because it has to be because you're just putting so much more on the line in, in some aspects. And I think, yeah, confronting that with all the mental stuff that goes along with it. Um, yeah, it's definitely made me more resilient, but I think it's also checking, like I've done a lot of personal development work because I just got myself into a very dark spiral of overwhelm where I just didn't even want to get out of bed. And I think at that point it was like, it gave me the motivation to be like, no, I do not want to be this person. I do not want to live this life. And so I think we have so much inner strength and I think we forget how strong we are and how much resilience we can all handle and even just during this year, how much we've all handled just with like the uncertainty and, and everything else that people have suffered through this year alone. I think we forget how resilient we can be. And so I think it's nice that, you know, we have that conversation and that you bring that up because it's good to be reminded that actually like you're so much stronger than you think. Absolutely. Cannot agree more. We kind of forget of our own power and only in the struggle, you can actually rise beyond what you thought is possible. And this is how we smash these limits. And I love this moment. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know, like I, I, it's kind of in my mind, of course, I don't want to go for the cycle. And again, I connect with you if it comes to depression, anxiety, and I know these moments where I don't want to go out of bed and then I'm in the spiral of judging myself where I'm lazy, where I'm nothing happening. And it's just going downwards. So sometimes you just need to cut it off. And as you, I, I love what you said, like just bring the joint, choosing not out of I, depression is bad or bad mental state is something bad, but of course it's part of life. And this is what makes beauty or, or this fun part also fun, uh, but you can choose what you want to experience so it's an interesting exactly yeah I used to feel so guilty like I love watching Netflix it's one of my vices I love sitting binge watching Netflix like it's definitely <laughs> and I used to judge myself and make myself feel so bad about it even though it's kind of one of the ways that I recover and uh now I don't I, I just revel in it I love it I don't feel guilty about it at all I really enjoy it and it's just those small things like just not being so hard on yourself and being kind if you wanted to sit and watch tv for a while like it's okay or you want to do whatever you need to do, lie in bed and knock it up. Like, it's fine. All of it's fine. It's just how we frame it and what, what else we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I love that. And you know what? Like, when I was younger, I always wished to see more people and role models who speak up like this. For me, in my mind, when I was very young, I thought no one is experiencing this time. So me experiencing this was like, what's like I'm a lonely no what what's wrong mm. with me that's why I think like it's so important to and I love so much and 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 deeply deeply appreciate and honor everyone who came already in the show you being on the show and everyone else is to show that well we're human it's absolutely fine and uh let's fucking enjoy the Netflix uh, uh session <laughs> equally as 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 being happy or building business or whatever it's it's still beautiful for that um why or what's not why, like, what's your opinion on this um, feeling kind of we're doing too little or that we're this lazy or pushing our, or uh, beating ourselves up? I feel it's kind of universal, no matter where you look at it. And it has just different ways of showing itself in, um, in people or in what we do. But what's the purpose for that? Why do we all experience this also on a collective level and a larger scale? What's your point of view on that? 
Oh, again, another great question. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I think, I think it's just, okay, I, I do know. I mean, I have a, I have an answer for it. It's, I feel like we're just wired in comparison traps. It's really just like comparing yourself to what you're seeing on social media. It's comparing yourself to your friends and, and your colleagues, maybe around you, or I don't know, your brothers and sisters or whatever. And it's just being like, oh, wow, like how do they get so much energy? Or like, why are they doing so much? And I'm so lazy. And just like this, this internal dialogue, like everybody has it. We are not special with these thoughts. But the difference is everyone is so consumed in their own thoughts. They're not even really thinking about you. And that's, I think, the funny thing. <laughs> yeah and so I just think a lot of the time you know comparing against other people is super dangerous and actually my husband used to say this to me all the time in the beginning of my journey when I'd be like yeah but look at what they've done and how much they've done and I'm still here and he'd just be like oh my god like why are you comparing yourself you're on a different path you're doing different things and people look at you and think that you're successful and you're looking at them and it's just this like constant little you know it's like domino effect and who cares <laughs> So I think, yeah, like speaking to him about that, like, and, and realizing like, so now I really do my very best not to compare myself to anyone else. I like to look at what other people's doing, celebrate that, oh, this is so amazing that they're doing this. And just again, reframing that in my mind, because I had a problem with it. But until you identify you have a problem with it, then you can't change it. And so I think a lot of the time it's like looking at ourselves in the mirror and going, you know what, this is not cool. I don't want to do this anymore. We're going to change this now. And I think that's the hard part is actually being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And this is a problem for me because it's not serving me. It's not making me feel like any better. It's actually making me feel a lot worse about myself. And this was the point. Like my mom actually gave beautiful advice to me one day. And she said that you spend the most time with yourself in your head. Like you'll never spend as much time with anyone else in the whole world. So why wouldn't you just be your best friend? Why wouldn't you be kinder to yourself? Why wouldn't you just change the dialogue? And yeah, that for me was, was game changing. Wow. Thank you for bringing also your mother knowledge into, into this, like, and the, so her transmission can also spread here as well. And uh, I, I love what you said. I love also the support and the perspectives that you receive from the people around it that reminds you uh, to, to come, to come to that. And I agree comparison. And I know it hundred percent, especially if you're uh, uh, scrolling for social media, it seems like everyone is already so far away. And then you ask yourself, but where are you going? Like, I mean, um, where's there this to arrive at? And I heard something last couple of days, which really pinpointed uh, uh, the depth of my heart, which like, you know, sometimes you have this cognitive realization and it's sinking and sinking deeper into your body when it becomes more and more embodied wisdom. So mm -hmm. uh, I resonated a lot with that. Every one of us has, um, a certain path so your path is maybe like a, a square that you're going mine is a triangle someone else whatever uh, a part of geometry and it's you can be inspired by other art pieces or other paths but you are already have your process your way of journey you don't need to to compare uh, my triangle to your square somehow so there is no no sense uh, in doing that um so yeah that that really felt like what you said uh, connected to this as well mm, absolutely yeah it's so true everyone's on their own journey and everyone has their own gifts to bring to the world and we just have to remember that mm. do you have a specific practice that help you to um i wouldn't say reduce this comparison but that help you to get reminded of that more often if there's something that you can recommend um someone who might be in this situation 
yeah, actually, the thing that came was uh, that really started shifting things is mirror work. So when you actually say I love you in the mirror to yourself. <laughs> and more like having deeper, um, deeper self-acceptance. And at first, this is again, something from uh, Mommy Dixon. Um, so again, just like starting and just saying, you know, I love you, I love you. And at first you feel super uncomfortable and awkward and then you just start laughing eventually. And so just every day, like now I smile at myself in the mirror <laughs> when I'm doing my teeth, like I'll be like, you know, just smiling, laughing, having a little conversation to myself in my head, but it's all very positive and very happy and loving. Um, and I think, yeah, when you have self-love and confidence, it doesn't really matter what everyone else is doing because you're good in here. You're solid and you're okay. And you're not judging yourself as much. So I think it really, it's less about stopping comparing yourself and more about finding like acceptance and love for yourself. Wow. I love this. I love this mirror exercise. Everyone who is listening, don't postpone it for the next day. If that resonated with you, do it today. Do it after you stop listening. And it's really powerful because as you said, like you're looking at yourself and um, uh, I, I absolutely adore that. And you actually um, brought a memory back um, years ago, the first time I looked at the mirror because I had so troubles to accepting and seeing myself. I remember I was trying to avoid this eye contact, eye to eye contact somehow trying to escape this intimacy with myself as your mom beautifully put it like you're the only person who is staying there and uh, it is still continues to be a journey but it's a very intimate interesting experience and it seems like it's how you want to choose to to you want to brush your teeth and be funny and just smile at this inner light within you or uh, do you want to continue this mental headspace all is fine but there is always different options yeah it's small tweaks I mean, you have to brush your teeth twice a day anyway, hopefully. That's true. <laughs> Might as well make it a bit more of a fun experience. Okay. Self-love exercise. <laughs> I love that. That's very beautiful. Um, fantastic. Um, Stephanie, there are so many beautiful moments and I, I hope uh, the audience can feel or the ones who are listening can feel what I feel. Um, at least for me, there are so many moments where I not only connect, but I think it's so beautiful um, to see your journey and so many things that I can take away from my my uh, my life um and um i would like to um come to a small beautiful container ending and uh, close with a question that i really really love to ask because i believe um death is kind of um let's say a taboo or an uncomfortable topic shadow that we also do not really like to talk about on a collective and individual it's kind of hidden away but it has a beautiful um gift that it constrains a certain experience and that's why it can bring a bit more priority and more clarity and what really matters to us. So that's why I love to ask this mm -hmm. question that I'm about to ask you. So if you would imagine that, let's say you had one or one week to live and you have, there's nothing you can do about it. So you've been through the whole process of grief and anger and you're back into your uh, Zen state of uh, acceptance into the void what would be the message that you would love to share with your beloved brothers and sisters or humanity? What would be one thing that you want to gift us? Uh, it would really be around the idea of joy and finding joy in small moments, uh, questioning when you don't feel it, how you can convert that moment to just put a smile on your face or having a moment of gratitude 
because I think the more that we can practice that as a muscle, you know, um, the happier we're going to be and less and just taking things a lot less seriously, because I think when you have joy, it's playful and fun. And that's what it should be about, I think. So I'm massively practicing that right now. <laughs> and uh, I think I would just, if I had two weeks left to live, all I'd want to do is have fun and, and be joyful. So why not try to live that more and more? <laughs> mm, thank you so much. I, I deeply love and uh, for me, the joy was definitely felt in this, <laughs> in this uh, interview. And uh, thank you for the small, beautiful ripple effects. And it's an invitation for you, for me, for everyone who's listening. Uh, maybe we can try to bring just 5% more joy today. And maybe tomorrow that feels nice too. So we can continue this joyful path. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for opening up, for sharing so much beautiful insights into your personal, but also Green is the New Black journey. For everyone who felt, yes, full fact, yes, that sounds amazing. This woman is kick-ass and I would love to take more ownership and go more on my uh, sustainability journey. As you put it, your mission is to bring it more to the mainstream, accessible and sexy. So if you're ready for the sexiness of sustainability, check out in the links, Green is the New Black and everything what uh, uh what you need to know about this woman will be there so thank you so much stephanie for being here it was joyful and a pleasure to talk to you and thank you so much for having me it was wonderful thank you and yes looking forward to uh, hopefully visiting one day physically uh we'll see what the time is live the conscious festival in singapore or in other cities when you're going to host them paris hopefully next june Ah, okay. So you heard it, folks. Paris is the place to be next June for the Conscious Festival. Okay, so have a joyful day, everyone, and talk to you very soon.